0: are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by the Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. And that's what we're going to be looking at today: spiritual gifts. Now, I like two volunteers to come on up. And the good thing is, you put name tags on, so I can just. Uh, normally, when you come to preach somewhere, it's I know a couple of people, and then you know there's 30 people that I don't know. But now, I can just call on anyone, can't I? John, you're blocking your name tag, but I knew your name anyway. Would you like to come on down? I saw that. A little bit of hand on the heart, <laughs> pretending to be a little bit pious. Now, I'd like you to come up and stand up over here. And who else have we got? The doc. Reg. You can come on down. You can come on over here. Now, I'd like you guys to uh, dress up. <laughs> got I it did. I wasn't really happy with what you dressed in, so <laughs> I, I thought I would uh, zhuzh you up a little bit. I'd like you to put on some leaves for me, Dr. Reg. Maybe a little wrap around the arms and legs, see how you go. And I've saved an even better one for you, John. Just gotta slip it in over your head. May mess with the brill cream, but you should be right, I think. Head in there, arms out here. There's armholes somewhere. Yep, here, meant it. Yeah, you got, you got off lightly, Reg. There we go. How are they looking? All right, face the crowd. Two good-looking roosters. There is actually uh, boots that they use for presents, but uh, there might be a tripping hazard, so we'll just leave them in the bag. How do they look? Do they, do they look like two healthy trees? Hands, hands up if you think yes. Hands up if you think no. Well, we can't really tell at the moment, can we? Now, Reg um, doesn't know, but he is actually a lemon tree. But he doesn't look too healthy at the moment. Why, Why is that? No fruit. That's exactly right. Let's pretend there's no barcodes on here. You hold one in one hand. And one in the other. Now, is he looking a bit healthier now? Is he a nice, healthy lemon tree? Okay, but what about our illustrious John over here? Is he looking healthy? He's pruned. He's pruned. Well, what happens if I zhuzh him up a little bit? If you hold out your fingers, John. One of the nose? Or one of There we go. <laughs> Never too old for an earring. Now, does he look more healthy? Definitely. He looks good. Let's give him a round of applause. We're going to get to what this actually looks like. You want to keep that one on the ear? No, no, no. No, no. (laughs) Okay, let's derobe you. Arms in. Let's give it a a round of applause for our volunteers as they come back. Just chuck it down there, man. I'm sure we. (laughs) The leaves are stuck. There we go. Thank you, sir. And what do you do with the lemons? They're in there? Nice. Now, the thing is, these are two different types of trees. We've got our Christmas tree on my left, your right, and we've got our lemon tree over here. Now, but we know the lemon tree is going really well because it looked good at the start because we obviously had Reg's beautiful face going on, but it was nice plumage, wasn't it? It had lovely foliage, not plumage, the <laughs> wrong word. And it was nice and green. But if it didn't have any lemons, it's a bit of a dud tree, isn't it? It's not very healthy. But when we see the lemons come out, and we see the lemons spring forth, we know there must be a bit of health going on within that tree. And that's like the fruits of the Spirit. We're looking at the gifts of the Spirit today, but the fruits of the Spirit are found in Galatians chapter 5. And they talk about things like peace and kindness and love and joy. And when we see them amongst a Christian's life... It doesn't necessarily mean that, but it, it does point as a symptom that there is a bit of Christian health going on within that person. And when we see the evidence of the joy that's coming from them, or the kindness and the love and the peace, it points to something of the, you know, the fruit that is the Spirit, which is why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. Now, we're with John, he represents the gift of the Spirit. Now, he looked good, couldn't get a better face looking there, could you? It was really good. It was a lovely tree. It was a lovely costume. He could put all the fanciest things on his fingers and on his ears. But it doesn't necessarily mean that John, in his Christian walk, is going too well, does it? It doesn't mean that he is spiritually healthy, because he's just got some fancy things on his fingers and some fancy things on his ears. And that's the thing with spiritual gifts, They aren't anything to do with what's going on inside. They are purely what God has given us to help each other see who he is. And they are just placed upon us like decorations on a Christmas tree branch. They may look good and we may think, whoa, that person's got it all together because they're brilliant at preaching and they're great at praying and they're good at miracles and blah, blah, blah. But it's got nothing to do with their spiritual health. It's got all to do with God. It's got all to do with the Spirit. And that's why they're called spiritual gifts, because they are from the Holy Spirit. And Paul really, really wants to emphasise this. I don't know if you picked up on it in the reading that we just read, but it says God hands out his gifts everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. He wants to say Spirit, 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 Spirit. Are we getting the point? They are from God's Spirit. And sometimes we confuse the two. Sometimes we think that the fruits of the Spirit are exactly the same as the gifts of the Spirit, and they're not. They're not at all. They are gifts of the, um, gifts of the Spirit, not fruits of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, like things like wise counsel and clear understanding and miracles and trust and healing the sick, they aren't meant to benefit us personally as Christians. They are there so that we can serve each other. We can serve other Christians in the church with the love of God. Now, how do you know what your gift of the Spirit is? It's a good question, isn't it? Sometimes we think, oh, that person's got a few gifts, but I really I wouldn't have a focus what God's given me. Because He says God's given it to everyone, for everyone, How do we know what our particular gift of the Spirit is? It's a great question. The first thing, I think there's two things you've got to sort of weigh up when you're looking at this for yourself. Is it something positive? Is it something that you are passionate about? Is it something that you love doing? You don't have to do it, but you just want to do it. It's not something that causes you stress. It's not this big millstone around your neck that... he goes, oh great, I've got to go up and preach and do this and, and you, you just don't want to do it. It's not that at all. Is it something that you're bursting forth you actually want to do? You love doing. It's not something that weighs you down but rather gives you so much pleasure and so much enjoyment. I think God says if we're not excited about what we're doing in church, stop. Stop immediately. Because There's heaps of us around, isn't there? And God's given different gifts to different people, and if we're not enjoying what we're doing, stop it, because we may actually be taking the place of someone else who would love to be doing that. And if there isn't a person within the congregation, then maybe God's just saying that he doesn't want that job done. Now, the second thing is, that was the first thing, does it give us a sense of pleasure? Does, do we burst forth? Do we really want to do it? Are we excited even if we didn't get paid or if even if we didn't get any recognition? We just want to do it anyway. The second thing is, is it blessing others? Now, the example I would use for this is not necessarily a spiritual gift, but I love singing. If you hang out with me for a bit, you'll just hear me sing. I sing everything. Even if I'm trying to communicate with people, I just sing it to them. And it's, I, I think it's wonderful. It ticks the first box. It gives me so much pleasure. God has blessed me with the most booming voice you could possibly imagine. The problem is, he hasn't blessed me with a good voice. So I sing at home, and it drives my kids and my wife crazy. It's not a blessing to them. It blesses me because I love doing it. But they hate it. As soon as I start, they're, Dad, shut up. Or they're not allowed to use that word, but Dad, shush because it doesn't bless them. I don't have a tuneful voice. I may have a loud voice, but it's completely off-key. I take after my dad. I, used to has- I actually used to be a good singer when I was young. And uh, I used to get all the solos in the choir, etc. I had a very high soprano voice. I don't know how you could correlate that now because I've got such a beep, booming baritone voice. That was a joke. Mr. Hi, Mr. Squeaky, some people call me. And I used to... But when my voice broke, it just didn't... It just, it's still breaking. My, I play piano, and uh, the, my piano teacher of the day used to say... And he was very high up in all these school um, competitions with choral events and uh, choirs and stuff. And he used to tell me, you know, Chad, because with, he goes, all the boys that I teach, within 24 hours, if they're a good singer, 24 hours later, if their voice has changed and they've moved into... A good singer but their voice is lower then you know you're going to be a good singer for life 20 <laughs> 28 years later my voice is still breaking so i think god is quite telling me so the first thing we've got to remember is is it something that we really want to do does it bless ourselves so to speak because we're passionate about it but secondly is it blessing others so i can't sing to save myself it's not blessing people i shouldn't get up in front of people and start singing like Mark at the start said, I helped out by leaving you alone. That's, that is a biblical principle. That's wonderful. Andre, which is Nick's dad, always said at Bible college, if you're not good at something, don't try and be good at it. Make sure you show... He was talking to people who were going to become pastors. Make sure you show your congregation what you're weak at because otherwise they'll expect you to be doing administration and leading and blah, blah, blah. And if you're hopeless at administration or leading or whatever, you shouldn't be doing it because it's not going to bless those people in your congregation. So they are the two things. Is it a source of blessing for yourself? You're really passionate. And is it a source of blessing for other people? They're the two things we've got to ask ourselves when we try and figure out and grapple with what, and it doesn't mean it can't change, but what our spiritual gifts actually are. The problem is, some of us out here, in life in general, have such a low self-worth. And we might think, oh, hang on a minute, I don't really have a gift. Or, even if I do, well, I'm, I, I really can't put it forward. There's a lady in our church, um, and she won't mind me talking about this, but she has such a sort of... And she's just demonstrably negative about herself. She just says, no, nah, I can't do that, can't do that. Just puts herself down all the time. But one day, I was, I was going to visit um, a lady who was in um, a hospice. She was on death's door, riddled with cancer. And this lady was friends with the other lady, and she said, can I come along with you uh, when you do your pastoral um, visitation? I said, yeah, definitely. So we came along, and this lady, who has such a low self-worth of herself, was just a beacon of light to this lady. She was... I'm I'm the paid employee, I'm the pastor, I've done all the training. I just sat there in awe of the way in which this other lady handled this lady. She just absolutely blessed her socks off. She knew when to listen. She knew when to encourage. She knew when to grab her her elbow and just hold her. She knew when to pray. She just knew exactly what to say. I didn't have to do anything. I was just the chauffeur. And it was just fantastic. And and on the way back, I said, I've got to go visit another lady in hospital. And this lady who doesn't have a very high view of herself said, oh, can I come along? I said, definitely. She didn't even know this other person. Came along. It happened. It was just happened again. Now, I had to privilege of being able to say to her, you may think you're not that good at things, but you are wonderful in terms of wise counsel and words to say, and and just it was just fantastic. And We as a church need to be looking out for others, because we can speak into people's life and say, hey, you Nigel, you've got this special gift, you've got this wonderful way with people, or whatever it is, and we as a family can point it out and go, this is where we see you come alive. This is where I saw her come alive and this is where I saw her bless others and you can say that to each other in your church family where you can say, you are just wonderful at that. That stuff is bringing you life and you are bringing so much life to others and that's, that's our job as a church family. We are here to encourage one another and to bring out not our, all our own gifts and juggle them but to bring out the gifts in other people. And point them out to, me. because it's, it's just wonderful, and that's what. And Paul goes on to talk about it and says, "But the fact is, you may be like John, and you've got pretty ears, and you've got these gifts, and you've got these gifts on your fingers, and you may be. But if you don't have love, then it's just like a clanging symbol or a whack and gong, or whatever the Chad's paraphrased words of what he says is. It's just empty. Love is what brings it together. It is the glue." And Paul has a wonderful way of writing about it, and I think it's, like a, it's sort of like a sandwich. In chapter 12, he puts the bread, because he talks about spiritual gifts. In chapter 14, he talks about spiritual gifts again. There's the bread. But two pieces of bread aren't really much, are they? Like if I said, come over for a sandwich, and you come over and I just give you two pieces of bread, you'd be pretty, pretty bummed, wouldn't you? It's what goes into the sandwich. I love bread as much, much as the next person. But it's the filling that makes the bread, isn't it? So you may, 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 like me, may think chicken is the king of all meats and I love a chicken sandwich or I love a curried egg sandwich or whatever your thing is. But that's what Paul is saying here. The love is the middle bit. Chapter 12 gifts, chapter 14 gifts, but without the middle tasty chicken or egg, you've got nothing. Love is what brings it together. It's the glue that binds it together. Because without love, we don't have anything, do we? And without love, as a Christian family, it is very, very, very easy and simple for us to go, oh man, I'm not happy with that, let's just part ways. Oh, this has gone wrong, not happy with that. If there's no love there, there's nothing holding us together. I used to be involved in another church back when I was young, and I was even in the leadership um, team, but we didn't, looking back on it, we didn't love each other and when the rubber hit the road and things went wrong we just went Psh, that's too hard and we went this way and we went that way and we went etcetera, etc etc because there was no love there and now when I look at, or reflect on my time at, at Scarborough I'm not saying Scarborough is better than that other church but at the time at Scarborough I've learned from that and I've got to know people and I've got to love them And they've got to know me and they've got to love me and sometimes I do stupid things and sometimes they do stupid things and that's what happens because we're humans and we're all part of a church family. Tension happens sometimes, doesn't it? But because there is the knowledge there, there is the get to know you and we've got to know you and we have bonded and and the love is there, then we can bear each other. Now, we may have to speak into each other's lives and say, you know, not sure that's really the best way to go and that type of thing. But we don't go, well, it's too hard. You don't just nick off from your family, your church family, do you? Because the love holds you together. And it doesn't mean you have to agree. There may be just things that we just bear each other because we know that that's just a little thing. That's not the whole person. We don't necessarily agree with that, and we may have to call that person into account or et cetera, et cetera. But it's not worth parting ways because there's the 99% of other stuff that you love about that person and you've got to know them and that, and without knowledge, without that community, without that relationship, love can never, ever blossom, can it? Because it's just like me with that other leadership team where we were just doing our own thing and there was no love. And if there's no love, then it just doesn't happen, does it? without care. But God, miraculously, our creator God, has given us his spirit. And he's given us, more than that, he's given us the church, which is where his spirit is, the medium in which he works within this world. And he has given us these gifts so that we can encourage one another, so that we can point each other to Jesus. We can point the world to Jesus. And it, it takes different, different gifts, doesn't it? It's just like you were talking before. Nigel and Julie, you took some beautiful photos probably. I haven't seen the book, but it looked good from a distance. And Robin, you put it together. And some of you guys turned up. And Mark, I can't remember your character's name, but you were at the front with your act, acting ability. And I was going to say your socks, but I didn't want to hassle you. <laughs> And there was musicians on the stage and there there was ushers and there was people doing sound and there was people inviting your next-door neighbours and your cousins and and there was people just trying to be there on the night to talk to other people. There was people serving food. and And it all worked together. I was there on the night, so I can talk unbiasedly as an observer. It worked beautifully because you did that within your own church, but you also did it within other churches, which is even better. And God uses all these little gifts to come together to make that night beautiful. God uses all your little gifts that he has placed upon you to make you, as you go into 2019, see, worked it in, nice, work together as one to encourage one another, to speak to people out there, to encourage one another, to come alongside Keith and Maria and people like that who are struggling because of the brokenness of this world. But we can use our gifts to reflect God's love to each other and to the world. And that's fantastic, isn't it? Look around. I'm not not speaking rhetorically. Look around. Look around. Look down your line. Look behind you. Look in front of you. These are the people... That God has given you as your church family. This is your team. He is using you. He is using you together. And as a team, you get to co-partner with him. He doesn't leave you in the lurch. He gives you his spirit to guide you. He gives you the spirit gives you gifts to help enable that to happen. And you get to love one another after all it says somewhere in the bible and by this all men shall know that you are my disciples or women paraphrase if you have love for one another people are going to know that you are his disciples if you love each other and that's fantastic I think it's fantastic fantastic do you guys? May we love God. May we use our gifts wisely. May we c- encourage one another to see what our gifts are. And may we love him well and love each other well. Amen. I'll clean up when, when you finish. <laughs> you may not be that good at singing, Chad, but you're good at preaching. Fantastic.